Welcome to Don't Shoot the Deputies, a podcast run by two deputy head teachers living on opposite sides of the country. Hi everyone, and thanks for joining us again. This episode is a little bit of an unusual one, in that it doesn't follow the normal format of Russell and I nattering away about a chosen topic. A while ago, we wrote a blog for Third Space Learning, all about the difference between a maths lesson based on fun and a maths lesson based on engagement. We thought it would be interesting to record the blog almost like a short audiobook. So have a listen to Russell's rambles and see what you think. We'd love to know if the points made resonate with you. It's less than 15 minutes, so it's ideal for a quick listen. Here it is. Making maths fun. We've all been there. We're about to introduce a new concept to our pupils, and we really want to make it stick. So what do we do? We craft a lesson that we think will lodge itself securely in our pupils' memories. Something fun. Maybe a board game-based lesson? What about some over-elaborate resources designed to impress the children? Or how about something really exciting to stimulate the senses? During our teaching careers, we've both used these kind of strategies, always with the best of intentions. In fact, one of us even had takeaway pizza delivered during a fractions lesson once. It's an innocent and well-meaning approach, but after much reflection we've come to see things differently. We believe that the idea that we have to make learning fun has been one of the most harmful and long-lasting edu myths. In our opinion, it's time to replace fun lessons with engaging ones. Fun and engaging, what do they actually mean? Before we properly get into it, how about a bit of etymology to help clear up the differences between fun and engagement? Fun. We love that the etymology of fun leads you back to Middle English and the idea of being hoaxed, cheated or fooled. Because in a sense, that's what we aim to do when we design lessons with fun as the starting point. We aim to trick children into enjoying the experience so much that they learn effortlessly and even without realising. It sounds like a common sense strategy. We really want our children to be happy and to enjoy their learning. Some of us approach lesson design from this angle because we've had it hammered into us during our teacher training or by our school leaders that lessons need to be taught in a fun way in order for learning to take place. Engagement. Engagement has a very different etymological background. It is to do with making a pledge or entering into a type of contract. Well, that's not worlds away from where we're heading with this. After all, engaged pupils are children who actively participate in the learning process. They enter into the deal the teacher is openly offering. I'm going to bring this content to life for you, but you need to think about it. You need to wrestle with it and you need to work hard to remember it. Engagement is a kind of pact entered into by all stakeholders. What does a fun maths lesson end up looking like? Fun is seen as the precursor to learning, so the tendency is for lessons to have the mathematical content sugar-coated, sometimes quite literally. Additional sensory stimuli might be used to excite or hook the pupils. For example, a common maths lesson idea we've seen shared online involves the teacher using sweets to teach a lesson on ratio. For every green sweet I have, one red one, and so on. After the sweets are used to teach the concept, the children are rewarded with the exciting prospect of eating their concrete apparatus. 
In a fun lesson such as this, children are often kept well entertained. The experience is joyful and probably fairly effortless for them. It is important to understand that it is possible to be fairly cognitively passive while having fun. What does an engaging maths lesson look like? Getting children to wrestle with the taught content is the primary focus of this approach. Nothing is dressed up. The content is unashamedly the main focus. But this doesn't mean that the approach is dull. Teacher enthusiasm is an essential ingredient here because we need to show the children that the mathematical content is worth being excited about. In engagement-led maths lessons, explanations are delivered with zeal and precision and the work set is appropriately challenging but achievable. Children aren't allowed to be passive and will be expected to engage in the process and to work hard. Pupils are likely to experience positive emotions in this type of lesson, but this is a byproduct of having really learnt something and having been challenged. Engaged pupils are actively thinking and participating in this lesson design, which is hard to see but may be reflected in their comments, their questions and the work that they produce. Fun maths lessons or engaging maths lessons? What's the difference? Claire Seeley warns against the fun-led approach, saying that the medium shouldn't trump the message. She's referring to the way that memories are formed when we make fun the medium of communication. In fun-led lessons, episodic memories are formed. These are memories based on a particular time, place and context, for example using sweets to learn ratios. The idea is that episodic memories are very limited in how they can be applied to future learning. Because the content learned has been tagged with so much sensory stimuli, you'd need to be getting the sweets back out for every future ratio lesson if you wanted the children to remember what they were taught the first time, and even then they might just remember eating sweets. This is not to say that the teacher's explanations weren't good in the fun lesson, but the excitement generated may well have been a distraction from the key points the teacher had wanted to make. In the engagement-led lesson design, semantic memories are what we're after. A semantic memory is a type of long-term memory involving the capacity to recall words, concepts or numbers. Most of the learning you have internalised throughout your life can be categorised in this way. For example, your knowledge of times tables would be based on semantic memories. It's unlikely that you have a thrilling memory of the day you learned that 4 times 8 was 32. But the benefit of semantic memories is that they aren't tagged with all that extra sensory stuff. This means that the knowledge acquired can be easily retrieved and more flexibly applied in future situations. As well as leading to a more favourable type of memory formation, engagement-led lessons have other added benefits. They reinforce the idea that the subject itself is of value. Maths is a subject full of wonder and it's our responsibility to model a love for the subject. When we dress up maths with unnecessary frills, what message are we sending children about its inherent value? It's worth remembering that pupils' attitudes to maths can have a profound impact on their learning. Engagement-led lessons are a lot easier to plan for. Instead of spending hours on thinking up incredible wow moments or preparing unnecessarily complex resources, our minds stay focused on what really matters, the maths. So, more time on selecting the right questions, the right representations and the right order of the small steps we're going to teach. They are more inclusive. A fun lesson is often designed to stimulate the senses and let's face it, that means more noise and more faff. We know that many children, including those with additional learning needs, don't always benefit from this kind of learning environment. 
An engagement-led lesson can have life and vigour to it, but it's not about creating a mad sensory overload scenario. These lessons are better for behaviour. When we go down the fun route, children become conditioned to a culture where they expect to be entertained. This in turn means that when our fun idea falls short, so does their behaviour. Children's learning behaviour is better when they are truly being challenged and when they feel the satisfaction of achieving something difficult. When are mathematical games useful? Don't worry, we're not calling for a ban on maths games. They can be a wonderfully creative way of reinforcing pupils' understanding, but here are some guidelines in terms of using them effectively. Accept that you might lose a lesson just to teaching the children the rules of the game. It might be that the game you're planning to share will reinforce pupils' understanding of place value, but the first time you play it, you can guarantee some children will struggle to understand what they're meant to be doing. One consideration for using maths games is that it might be best to have a small handful at your disposal that you teach the children early on in the year and that you can therefore play again throughout the year. Lay down some strict ground rules. So often in games-based lessons, the resources become a massive distraction to the children and behaviour slips. Dice clatter across tables and onto the floor, friends fall out with each other about equipment or arguments erupt about who won the game. You need to know your class here and be realistic about whether the game is the best format for the children you are currently teaching. If you do use games, be straight with the children about what you will and won't accept in these kind of lessons. Know that assessment for learning can be tricky in this lesson format. When you're spending most of your time ensuring the children are playing nicely, it can be tricky to watch in and listen as much as you would like to. And even if the children are really focused, the game format is not always easy for establishing if children really are getting it. Be ready to stop the children at key points in their lesson to ask them questions. Share scenarios you've seen happening in the room and use these as effective teaching points. Mathematical games can be an excellent tool for interventions or one-to-one -one work. Because you can teach the rules of the game a lot quicker, you can then use the game as a tool to unpick gaps in their knowledge but also to build up pupils' confidence. We've often found in the one-to-one -one format the mathematical games ease pupils' anxieties about maths. Finally, pick your games carefully and have a clear purpose in mind. There are some great games out there, and often the simplest ones are the best. Enrich has always been one of our favourite places to go for simple and effective mathematical games. 10 ways to ensure your maths lessons are engagement-led. 1. Be enthusiastic about the maths. It sounds obvious, but we need to deliver the mathematical content with genuine enthusiasm. If we're not interested, why should the children be? Two. Coherent lesson design. We know that teaching for maths mastery means focusing on small steps in a coherent order. By focusing on one or two key concepts and building up the complexity gradually, we raise the likelihood of all children staying with us for the duration of the lesson. Three, effective use of representations. There is nothing more wonderful than seeing a child experience that light bulb moment in a maths lesson. If we provide the right representations for the mathematical concept being taught, then we help all children stand a higher chance of engaging with what we're trying to explain. This applies to all age ranges. 4. Value fluency and automaticity. We know that when children are fluent, fast, flexible and accurate, and when they know certain facts instantly, we free up their working memories to do more. They can then get on with the stuff we really want them to do, like reasoning and problem solving. 5. Ask great questions. Questioning is our greatest tool for engagement. It's not always about the fanciest or most open-ended questions. Sometimes it's just about asking the right thing at the right time. 
One of our university tutors taught us that the best mathematical question is why he was right. 6. Value Maths Talk We know that talk is crucial for understanding. Have you ever talked a problem through with somebody and found the solution before they could even respond? This is the same in maths lessons. When we give children the time to discuss, we help them to refine their understanding while also giving us a great chance to address any misconceptions we hear. 7. Assessment for Learning an engagement-led lesson has a simplicity about it, and this allows many opportunities for AFL. When designing your lesson, pinpoint some key times you will listen, observe, or mark pupils' work. It might be as simple as setting pupils off on a practice set of just a few questions in silence. While they do this, you can be whizzing around, picking up on common mistakes and tailoring the next part of your lesson in light of what you are seeing. 8. Use variation effectively. Variation has two elements, conceptual and procedural. The conceptual element is to do with how we carefully develop a pupil's schema for a given concept. For example, when teaching triangles, do you only ever show them examples sat on their bases? Conceptual variation might involve representing a range of triangles in different orientations or giving examples and non-examples and asking children to refine their definitions of what a triangle really is. Procedural variation is about how we carefully craft the order of your questions or tasks. For example, avoid providing questions that allow children to fall into lazy mode, where they can get the answers all right without really understanding the concept. Each question you choose should give you an opportunity to dig up, reveal and address misconceptions present in the classroom. 9. Mistakes are good. Pupils will be more engaged in maths when they feel safe to make mistakes. Create a culture where pupils know we don't laugh at others and where it is safe to get things wrong. Celebrate good mistakes and use these as opportunities for whole class learning. 10. Discuss metacognition. For lessons to be engaging, we need children to play their part. So make sure you talk to your children about good learning behaviours constantly. Get pupils to reflect on their successes and consider what they did to help themselves be successful. The more we can train children to be reflective about their own behaviour and thinking, the better it is for engagement. So are we saying there's no place for fun in school? Of course not. Every child deserves to experience joy and escapism at primary school. Our pupils are entitled to experience opportunities beyond what they're exposed to outside of school. But we must be honest with ourselves about the role of fun in our lessons. Fun experiences should be valued for being just that, great experiences. But the idea that having fun is a necessary precursor to learning is, in our view, a very harmful fallacy. We hope you enjoyed this short podcast episode. If you want to read or download the blog we've just shared, then head over to the Third Space Learning blog and search for Making Maths Lessons Fun. Make sure to check out the other blogs on the Third Space website too. There's lots of great stuff there. Thanks for listening to the Don't Shoot the Deputies podcast. Don't shoot the deputies.